0: Welcome to this week's virtual drasha. This week we have the incredible privilege to be Parashas Naso and contained in this magnificent Parashas the section of Birch konim, the Priestly Blessing. We know that ultimately again Kahuna is given over to Aaron and his sons and it was given over to Aaron and his sons because of the unique attribute that Aaron possessed of Avast Yisrael, of a love for every single Jew, an acceptance for every single Jew. Aaron Akoin personified and embodied this Mida and was able to embed it in the, his very DNA, in his very genetic makeup, to the point that that mid of Aram, that love of Klal Yisrael, is passed down throughout the generations through his descendants. And therefore it is incumbent upon the Kohanim, as we say in the bracha, as Yisrael to bless Klal Yisrael, but not just to bless us, to Bless us with incredible love, and it's these brachos that are contained in this week's parasha in parak vav in chapter 6, verses 22 through 26. The Torah says as follows Hashem says to Moshe the following, Daber or speak to Aaron and his sons, say the following. Say the following, aruchos b'nei Yisrael, This is how you shall bless the Jewish people, and more lahem. Say unto them. The Torah then goes on to recount the actual text of Birch shalom. We're not going to get into the translation of the words, or the meaning of the words, but how incredible is it to think, that every single time we are privileged here at Dukhne, you know, in Eretz Yisrael might be every day, here in Chotz La'aretz, again, Yom Tiv, just the Yom Tiv of Shus, we have the great Tzchus, to be blessed by the Kohanim, and how amazing, how overwhelming is it that the very formulation that the Kohanim used to bless us, the rest of Chal Yisrael, is the same exact formulation that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave to Moshe. The same eternal formulation that is embedded in Parshas Nasu, embedded in What a shalshalas, what a chain, what a connection there is between the generations. From beginning to end, Kohanim will always bless, bless Klal Yisrael with these same words, with these same phrases, with the same beautiful bracha. But the Dubna Magid, Zeghazadev HaKadosh Navracha, makes an interesting observation. The maggid says, if you look at that Pasuk, and again this is Chaf Gimo, so chapter six verse 23, let's look at it once more. Danber alA al Banav Limor. go ahead and speak to Aaron and his sons saying, "So far so good, Kosevar who has been Israel, this is how you shall bless the Jewish people Amor Lahem, say to them And the Dubna Maggid says, that last phrase Amor Lahem." is redundant it's unnecessary you already said this is how you shall bless the jewish people put a period right there right put a period right there that's the end of the sentence and then next sentence so on and so forth what's the meaning of the phrase say unto them and the dubna maggot says something absolutely beautiful he says speak to the jewish people and tell them Ultimately again, that they should prepare themselves to go ahead and accept and receive the brachos. Meaning what? Tell them to ready themselves, to prepare themselves, so that they are able to go ahead and receive the brachos that I, KD, want to convey to them. See, before we delve into the Maggid, the way the Maggid understands the Pasuk, Da'aber mm-hmm. al-Aaron you speak to Aaron and his sons saying the following, and tell them, tell the son, Aaron and his sons, Qosev ar-chos Yisrael, this is how you shall bless the Jewish people, Amar lahem. Amar lahem, the Dubna Maggid says, is Hashem saying to Moshe Rabbeinu, you also have to go back and tell the Jewish people something. Just like you're going to tell the son Aaron and his sons how to bless the Jewish people, the formulation for blessing, all of the halachos concerning the blessing, so too you have to tell the Jewish people about the blessing. And what do you tell the Jewish people? That they need to make themselves into the type of kelem, into the type of receptacles which are capable of receiving blessing. Let me give you a muscle. I've used this muscle a number of times in the past years, but it resonates with me. It used to be a number of years ago, they'd come out with an interesting invention, which was a coffee cup that had internal heating coils. Now again, I, I, am, a, I am a, I don't know what the right word is, uh, the, the, the opposite of a, of a recreational coffee drinker, a habitual coffee drinker. Right, so I drink a lot of coffee. And the truth is to me, the biggest problem with drinking coffee is, you know, if, unless you chug it, you know, it takes time. By the time you get around to it, it's cold already. You can imagine my delight at hearing that there's such a thing, there's such a zach as a cup of coffee, as a coffee cup with coils inside of it. Keep your coffee hot, no matter how long it takes you to drink it. So imagine for a moment, now when they first came out, they were understandably so very expensive. Imagine you walk into the store, you find the coffee cup, and, and to your great delight, it's on the clearance rack incredible so it used to cost uh fifty dollars and now baruch hashem for ten dollars you can go ahead and buy it and no problem well generally if something's on clearance there's usually something going on right there's no free lunches right? and nothing just goes on clearance so you realize on the bottom of the cup there's a little hole there's a tiny little hole so remember again, a sale is a sale, right? And a metziah is a metziah. So you know, what do you start clearing? Well, it's a little hole. If I drink really quickly, the liquid won't get out. And I have a whole drishos, the hakiras Why the hole? But at the end of the day, right, cooler heads will prevent and realize, you know what? It doesn't make any sense to buy a coffee cup with a hole in the bottom, even if it has the coils, even if it's monogrammed, even if it comes with a year, you know, your supply of free coffee. It doesn't make sense. Why? Because a cup... That has a hole on the bottom cannot retain the contents poured within it and the dubna maggid says something absolutely amazing he says so often in life the ribano shal olam wants to give us bracha he yearns to give us bracha as chazal say more than the mother excuse me more than the child wants to nurse from the mother the mother wants to express the milk to her child because if she doesn't express it it's painful and Chazal used that as a metaphor for our relationship with Hashem. We want a nurse. right? I want bracha from Hashem. And Chazal telling us that you, you think you want a nurse? You think, you think you want the bracha? More than you want it, HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to express it. More than you want it, HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to convey it. More than you want it, more than you want to receive it, HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to give it. But the problem says the Dubna Magid is that sometimes I'm just not capable of receiving, sometimes my personalistic clean, my personalistic utensil is in a state of disrepair. And what happens when the personalistic utensil is in that state of disrepair? No matter how much you pour in, either it's just not going to get into the cle. it's not going to get into, or when it comes in, it just goes right out. It's like that beautiful coffee cup. I bring it home because you know what? Again, a sale is a sale. I got it on clearance. It's great. I'm pouring my coffee in. And again, I realize very quickly, whatever goes in comes right out. The coils are useless. The beautiful mug is useless because there's a hole on the bottom. And if the utensil can't retain the contents, then at the end of the day, you could pour as much delicious coffee, as much beautiful bracha, but it just simply flows out of the cli. That Ibano Olam wants more than anything to convey blessing upon us. But in order to be able to receive divine blessing, my personalistic utensil has to be in tip top shape. If there are holes, right? If there are cracks, if there are pieces that are missing, Hashem showering the bracha, but I just can't retain it. It says, and such an incredible idea. Sometimes in life, we don't get what we want. And so, you know, we struggle. Here I daven into Hashem. I asked Him for something. And, you know, when I read this little I realized something incredible, which is sometimes in life we get exactly what we want. The problem is not getting what I want or what I need from Hashem. The problem is retaining it. So without even realizing it, so often brachos flow into my cleave. They flow into my utensil. But the problem just is they're pouring right out. Because I'm broken, because I'm not really in the state of repair to be able to hold on to the beautiful divine blessings that Hashem gives me. It's true, sometimes Hashem says no and the blessings don't come. But sometimes the blessings do come, but I'm just not capable of holding them, of retaining them. There's so much bracha in the world, and so much bracha that Hashem is trying to give us, and so much Leibniz wants to shower upon us. God could be the giver. The one thing God is not going to do, He can do it. But a kodesh who chooses not to be a chooses not to fix my kli. That is up to me. Shemuel says, "I'm going to shower great blessing upon you, but the kli, that is up to you." You have to decide to make it whole. And says the Magi, that's the pshat in the Pasuk. Moshe, go and tell Aaron and his sons to bless the Jewish people. Incredible, tell them to bless. And then Moshe, as soon as you finished with B'nei Aaron, Amor lahem. run to K'lai so Yisrael, K'lai, L'Yisrael. Klai L'Yisrael. is coming. Beautiful Baruchah is coming. Ready yourself. Prepare yourself. Make sure that your Kli, that your personalistic utensil, is capable of receiving the deluge of blessing that is coming your way. Because dear friends, all too often in life, beautiful blessing is being directed towards us and we're just not able to see it. And if we're able to see it, we're just not able to hold on to it. And Dhul Numaghi teaches us this magnificent life lesson. It's important in life sometimes to take a step back and to look at my kli, right? Let me look at my utensil. How am I doing? And the truth is, very often when I look at my Klee, there are parts of it that are very beautiful, parts of it that are really incredible, parts of it that I'm very proud of, but there are cracks and there are holes. and You know, sometimes there are pieces of it, you know, I've been crazy glued on and they just don't really look that right. If I'm honest with myself, there are pieces of my personal Klee that are in a state of disrepair. It behooves me to fix it. So many times what we just do is, you know, when we look at our personal utensil, our personal clea, if there's a cracker, there's a hole, you know what I do? No problem. I just turn the clea around. (laughs) Problem solved, problem solved. If I don't see it, it doesn't exist. So let me just turn the utensil around. The crack is on the other side. The hole is on the other side. All right, everything is perfect. It's fantastic, except that it's not. Except that it's not, except the hole is still there. The crack is still there. And understand, who am I hurting? by not repairing my personalistic utensil, it's not going to have an impact on you. It's not going to have an impact on this. It's not hurting anyone. It's putting me at a disadvantage because it's preventing me from acquiring and retaining all of the beautiful things that my father above wants to give me. Let's find the courage to number one, identify the cracks in the personalistic key. Let's then roll up our sleeves, do the necessary work to fix those holes, to plug those holes, to fix those cracks, to repair the kli. And then rest assured that the ribono Shal Olam has so much brach he wants to send our way. But now I know, once that kli is repaired, that once it comes down, I'll be able to receive it, I'll be able to retain it, and I'll be able to maximize it, emir tz Hashem, for many years to come. Wishing everyone a good night of Shabbos and a beautiful Shabbos Kodesh.